Hello, everybody. Welcome to another thrilling installment of the Turnout Podcast. I am John Wilkinson. I hope you are staying healthy and sane as we continue, what is it, like year number three of social distancing slash quarantine. We have a great show for you today. Hopefully that can help pass the time a little bit. I'm going to catch up with a couple of extraordinary horsewomen Um, first. uh, Going to go spend a little time with horse trainer extraordinaire Stacy Westfall. Uh, then we're going to go out west and talk with barrel racing world champion Nellie Miller. Um, you know, want to see how they're coping with the shutdown, um, life off the road, uh, no competition. So I think plenty of people can certainly relate to that. But first, a quick word from our generous sponsors, Equithrive. Yeah, the show season's on pause right now. We all know that. It's not a time you want to let your horse's nutrition lapse because you're going to be digging yourself out of a big hole once things start rocking and rolling again. So whether so no matter what you're looking for, Equithrize got you covered. From scientifically proven joint supplements to metabolic support, hoof, vitamin E, electrolytes, gut, everything you need, they got it. And they're actually having a sale right now, 15% off through the weekend free shipping as always to your door so no risk there but get on over to equithrive.com you can enter the promo code thrive at home at checkout you'll get 15 percent off with the free shipping so there's never been a better time to try a new product stuck up on a favorite but keep your horse keep them keep them thriving at home keep them rocking and rolling and ready to go just as we are right now let's do it turn out Now we're happy to bring on, um, I guess, I, I think maybe you have a lot of different titles, but I think nothing's cooler than Cowgirl Hall of Famer, uh, Stacy <laughs> Westfall. I hope that, they, I mean, I, I hope when you meet, introduce yourself to people that that is the first thing you say. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of fun. Like, I, I guess I just usually say hello, but yeah. Yeah, but but that is my favorite belt buckle to wear, so that probably says something since I have a number to select from, and that's my favorite one to wear. So I'll go with that. I mean, that yeah, you can't beat that, and you, it's well earned. So you know, I mean, you've you put the time in, you put the work in, and that's what you know. That's that's the trade off. You're not you know you're not doctor, but you're a cowgirl hall of famer. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, that's right. And Stacy, um, so you are generally pretty remote. Um, I know you're there in Ohio and you live on the live on the farm. So I think the current state of affairs with the um, social distancing probably comes pretty, pretty easy um, where you are. But you're also a competitive rider and a clinician. So you definitely had to make some adjustments. Talk about a little bit about what you're what you're up to these days and how you've had to change your program. Yeah, you bring up a few good points. I think probably what most people don't recognize is that I'm actually quite a bit of an introvert naturally. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the social distancing, at least among our family, it's been a little bit of a joke because I try not to go to the grocery store as much as possible. Like 
I'll, I'll live on bread and peanut butter for as long as possible if that means like not going to the grocery store. So, um, so in a lot of places, like I just, you know, so my husband will pick up stuff on the way back or if I'm out, I'll pick up something, but I, I like to be a little at home hermit. Mm-hmm. I love social media. And I think that's why people don't understand that I'm an introvert, but I like social media in that I can sit and and think and write a blog and think about how it all goes together. And so for me, a lot of this hasn't been a huge change because I already had planned that I was going to be creating a lot of new online courses this year. Now, if this had been last year, if this had been happening with my plan going into 2019, where my plan was to show a lot, it would have been a major impact on my lifestyle because Mm. last year by now I'd already been to, I don't know, a lot of shows. I had shown a lot by the time we hit, um, you know, four or five, four months into the year, I'd already been showing strong for two months. Mm -hmm. So if it had, I think it just, for me happened to line up on a year when I had a lot of online content Mm -hmm. already going on. So it didn't, but boy, I have a lot of empathy for people who had really active schedules because we can see the impact. My husband teaches lessons and uh, takes people, coaches them, and takes them to raining shows. And they are, they've, you know, they've canceled the first raining show. Well, that doesn't just impact the show. It impacts prepping for sure. the show, yeah. you know? So I, I'm, I'm very capable of seeing it. And then it'll be interesting depending on how long it goes on. Cause I do typically start doing um, clinics Now I have a son, a class of 2020 senior graduating Mm. in June. So I had already blocked out that I wasn't really going to do the clinics until after graduation. Mm -hmm. So in a way I was kind of already insulated from that, but obviously I'm living through the impact of, I have a 2020 senior and we still to this moment don't know exactly what that means because they've canceled school and they've canceled prom, but they're still holding out some degree of hope because they haven't officially canceled graduation yet. So depending on how long this goes on, it could impact, you know, people coming to clinics and things like that. And it's already impacted my husband doing traveling Mm. clinics like he does. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see the long tail of this. Yeah. Like you said, you know, just, just kind of really don't know. I mean, there's no, um, I think every state's sort of doing it a little differently, but the main theme is that we don't know. So, um, you know, all we can do is just uh, stay as prepared as possible, I guess. And yeah, it's tough. I can't imagine being a, a senior. Um, I've, you know, I don't have anybody in my immediate family that is um, at that age. So yeah, I hope he's, uh, hope he's making the best of it anyway. Yeah, they, they seem to be doing pretty, you know, pretty well, but it's been, it was funny because I, before the memes even started coming out, I said, I said, well, what have you, what have you missed so far that you guys had planned? And he said, well, we had a senior skip day plan for like <laughs> April 1st. And I was like, you guys have like the best senior skip day yes. record ever. Like yes. <laughs> you guys are, and then the memes and all the little things started popping up. And so, you know, um, yeah, I've noticed people are doing the, uh, posting their senior pictures. Um, I guess, you know, no matter how, you know, how old you are to support. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I have. And I feel like, you know, it's just kind of highlighting different hairstyles. What was, what was the Stacy Westfall hairdo senior year of high school? 
Well, of course it had a horse in it. So the horse <laughs> is the main, the main picture, but <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel like my hair has been curly for so long that it hasn't gone through. It had different heights of curl, but mm. it's just been curly forever. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're, you know, we're all stuck at home, nowhere to go. Um, I, it kind of seems like it's a really, uh, obviously there's no shows, really a great time to sort of do some some basic training and get back to the basics which i feel like you're that's kind of your you're a master of the groundwork and and things like that so what are some of the i mean do you have anything off the top of your head that might be um, just some recommendations for people stuck at home um, um, really just some good basic groundwork exercises yeah it's it's kind of interesting because i just recently in episode 74 of my podcast did kind of a, I had said I wasn't going to talk that much about, you know, exactly how this was impacting because I didn't feel like I had a lot to offer. And then somebody sent me in this question where they, where they said, and where they said, okay, here's the deal. I have a lot of friends who board horses and they can't go out and ride. And you know, how much do their horses ret re, uh, retain the training and how do, po how do riders stay positive when they can't visit? And, and I was like, Ooh, because for me, I haven't been hugely impacted, meaning I walk out to the barn and my horses are standing there. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a vast difference between like your setup going into this and how it's impacting you. So I think that plays a role in the answer because I've, even if you do, so there's a kind of a dividing line, like, do you have access to your horse? Do you not have access right, to your right. horse? And interestingly enough, like one of the things that I, that I talk about a lot in, you know, in podcasts or social, whatever is like, I've got this idea of this like four square model. So if you kind of picture just a plus sign and then the four quadrants that are formed by that plus sign, I break it into the rider's mind, the rider's body, the horse's mind and the horse's body. And those four pieces interacting, that is how I view all of the issues and different things you want to do, whether that means like you want to achieve more in the show pen or whether that means you want to stay safe riding in general and around your horse. And so what's kind of interesting to me is that you can actually touch all four of those quadrants without touching your horse. Now, obviously, in an ideal world, when we're talking about the horse's mind and the horse's body, you could be doing some interactions with your horse. And the, the obvious with the horse's body would be like physically exercising the horse. And with the horse's mind would be like doing some of the groundwork that you're referencing where, mm -hmm. you know, we can desensitize and teach the horse to control its emotions. And then the rider, you know, like the rider's body, the obvious is that we would be talking about like how you sit on the horse and how your balance affects your horse. And the rider's mind would be like how you could handle different things coming up with your horse or do you understand how a lead change would happen in the horse's body so that you could then trigger it and so there's all these different layers but what's interesting is if you wanted to be creative you could say and see that you could touch all at home because so yeah so it's interesting to think that you can actually touch all four of those quadrants without actually having the access to the horse. And I think that's just an important thing to recognize because there's times like during bad snowstorms or if I get injured or my horse gets injured, there's times that we end up with downtime that could be similar to what we're experiencing. So that's one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is, okay, you do have your horse at home. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And 
the, you know, and then that's still kind of dividing into two different camps. There are some people that are, that are actively choosing not to ride at all because they feel like that's the safer thing and they don't want to increase their risk of sure. injury and needing to go to the hospital or anything like that. Yeah. And then there are other people that are, you know, that are, that maybe their horses are at a different training level or, you know, whatever the differences are, there are people that are, are, you know, doing riding at home and, and doing stuff. So, you know, it's interesting how you, a simple question can be so big. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're right. No. And that's, that's why I wanted to throw it out there. I knew you'd be able to, um, to, to articulate it well. And, um, you bring up good points though, with, some people, you know, having horses that are boarded and don't have access and also people, you know, I do think you need to exercise caution. If you're going to take a ride, you know, understand that you, know, you don't want to have to have a trip to the hospital in your near future. Um, but you know, you also don't want your horse to get out of shit. You know, you want to keep your horse active and fit as best you can. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's kind of a balancing act and, if only we all had a Stacy Westfall at home that could really guide us, guide us through these, uh, these uncertain times. But, um, um, yeah, definitely bring up good points. And now I want to go back just a little bit, maybe just a little, uh, lighter fare here. But, um, I, I always think it's interesting when people are professional horsemen and women, how they got to that point. Um, usually it's voluntarily, but, um, take us back to when you, first knew that you were going to be working with horses your whole life? You know, I think I'm definitely one of those kids that was bit by the horse bug very early, meaning my mom loved horses. So I, I'm sure I was exposed to the idea of them before I can even remember. But I remember I got my first pony at six and I was already head over heels in love with horses from visiting them, you know, with my mom, because that she loved them and she had friends that had them and and different things like that. So it was there as early as I can remember, but it wasn't until I was a junior in high school that I was challenged actually by a math teacher who said, you know, he took an extra 15 minutes at the end of class and started going around asking what we were going to do when we graduated. And he got to me and I said, I don't know, go to school for accounting or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, why do you say that? And I said, cause I, I want to ride horses, but you can't go to school for that. Mm-hmm. And he challenged that and sent me up to look through all the college books and lo and behold, you can go to school for that. I literally coming from the state of Maine, very far East and mm-hmm. North. It's not, I, it, I didn't see the industry. Mm-hmm. I saw the Kentucky Derby and the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, those are like the only two things I could see. Um, veterinarian work I saw, but I also would almost pass out when they would draw blood for Coggins. So I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be a good fit for that. I would be sitting on a bale of hay with my head down. (laughs) So so I was like, that's not going to work. And so it was eye opening to come out to the university of Finley and see the industry. And that's for sure. I mean, that was, that was the turning point for me for sure. Hmm. I guess to echo your, that's great. You had a teacher that really pushed you in that to follow your, your, your love. I mean, what, do you have anything, do people come and ask you, you know, do you hear from people to say, how do I get into the horse business like you? I mean, was there any one particular thing you would recommend somebody in their teens who or any age, really? I mean, it's never too late to, to jump into a new career, but 
I mean, yeah. do you, is it simple as follow your heart or I mean, is there something practical you would, you would suggest? You know, I really, I have a passion for that area and I've done two different and it's been a couple of years and uh, we moved and I need to resurrect it, but I did two different years. I think it was 2017 and 2018. I did something I called the equine career conference. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I brought together and it was like you said, it was the two, it divided into people who were kind of doing like a midlife career change mm -hmm. or people that were just kind of getting started. It was, those were the, you know, two different groups that kind of, that came and we encouraged, you know, if you're bringing like, if it's a high school student that's getting ready to go into college, you know, bring your family members. And we did a live career conference. And my goal with that was to bring together, I think I had six or seven other people that spoke on a panel with me. And my goal was to have about uh, half the panel was, had been to college and half the panel had not. Everybody had been in the, um, everybody had been in the industry for a number of years mm -hmm. and so had quite a bit of um, quite a bit of experience to be able to offer. And it was really fascinating to be able to sit and see how we all ended up in the, in the industry, but even inside the industry, how many different times people would change what they were doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, one person that went to school and, graduated and was training horses and then became a farrier and then became an instructor. And then, you know, and it's like, I look at myself and I was originally, I, when we, when I graduated, I knew that I wanted to have my kids young. And so I was pregnant and I was having kids. And so I was coaching 4-H lessons and doing, you know, lunge line, because that was a new class that you could do back then. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it's a the and the reason I thought it was valuable to bring such a group of people together is because there is not one path. Mm -hmm. But having said that there's not one path, it also was super cool to see all these different paths that all led there. And and so it's um yeah, it's just it's kind of like following breadcrumbs sometimes is what I think it feels like. Is it's mm -hmm. like you know, because you think you want to be into the industry, sometimes you start out with what you have access to, which might be the local boarding barn right, right. that you go and you volunteer to clean stalls so you can get lessons. Or maybe you're in a different situation and you own a horse and your parents are helping you compete. And all of these different entry points, what became clear is that it kind of didn't matter as long as you kept following that next right step which right. is probably why disney's movie is so popular right now with frozen because it's like yes. do the next right thing or that it's like that next right step is that's the one that you can see yes and i've probably watched that had to watch that at least uh two dozen times in the last three weeks during this <laughs> you can uh, quote it better than i can <laughs> yes um but you, you know and i think it also you, you brought up the point earlier and you show it every day in terms of it's kind of there's a whole lot of even when you were getting started it's changed because you can do it all on your you, you can have, if you have a smartphone you can really take you know you can the sky's the, the limit really in terms of you know if you have something interest interesting to say and you know what you're talking about um, even if you're an introvert and you live in rural ohio you can reach the world and ha mm -hmm. build a build a really good a big audience um, and really really give people beneficial information, which is what you do. So, and they can find that 
all of your information, stacywestfall.com, correct? Yeah, you have yes. you have the Stacy Westfall podcast. You do the horses in the morning. You do, um, you're on YouTube. You have books. I mean, what, is there anything new in the world? I mean, what haven't you done? <laughs> what's going on? What are, what's the next one? Oh, that's a good thing. Well, this year's all focused on um, kind of taking all those different pieces you just mentioned and making my online courses mm-hmm. into a multimedia experience. And so my new online courses that are coming out, I'll be doing a, a live um, goal setting and problem solving later in April. And so it's fun because, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to be interactive in a way that I love doing clinics. And one part of the horse industry that's always going to be there is that live element of live teaching with a live horse right there. But I think the, I think it's going to expand exponentially on what you can do online and with distance learning, which will just better prepare you for that live experience and can bring that live experience to life in a different way. And when people harness both of those technologies, so learning online and then when they go to the clinic, they're not starting from scratch at the clinic. Oh my goodness, if you come to me and there's a thousand steps to take and you come to me and you've taken 283 steps, we can pick up there and we can run. Mm-hmm. But if you wait so that you don't make any mistakes and you have to, ha- and you, and you have this idea in your mind that it has to all be perfect and you can only do it with somebody watching you so that you won't make any mistakes, you're going to be at step one and I'm going to lead you as fast as I can, but it's going to take you a while to get to step 283. Mm-hmm. So there's so much I can empower you with before you come that you will be able to benefit from, and then you have that sense of accomplishment that you've reached so much. So it's super fun. That's where I'm focusing right now. Great. Well, you are very busy and we appreciate you taking the time today. Stacy Westfall, Cowgirl Hall of Famer, extraordinaire. Um, StacyWestfall.com for all the information that you need. Um, Stacy, thank you so much and stay safe out there. Thanks for having me. Right. You too. So I'm pleased to welcome in uh, world bell racing champion, Nellie Miller. Nellie, are you guess you're calling in from uh, Cottonwood? Yeah, I am. We're home here in California and been home since the beginning of March. So I guess normally in a, in a normal year, you'd be gearing up for uh, Red Bluff. Um, so obviously different case this year. Talk about sort of when you found out you might this this whole spring season would would possibly not happen and and sort of how you adjusted right away to that. Um, well, I was in Texas when um, Houston got canceled, and that was kind of a big blow. Um, nobody really knew at that point what to think or what was going to happen. Um, but from there, it kind of just snowballed and everything started going, and so it's pretty clear kind of early on that that uh we wouldn't be going anywhere for a while and you were gearing up i guess were you was your plan originally to have sister do all the the same shows uh with the goal to ultimately try to get back to to vegas with her yeah you know we 
um, kind of had a lot of the same schedule plan, but I did have a younger horse coming up that I was getting excited about mm-hmm. taking more. And so um, he kind of, you know, got put off again with all of this, but it's, um, you know, it is what it is. So we're just taking it as, as it comes. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess don't really know much about the, the summer shows yet, but um, I know it's kind of, it's got to be kind of a pretty big uh, adjustment for you in terms of, you know, normally you're out in the road pretty much from, you know, spring through fall. So now you're getting pretty much unlimited home time. Uh, I mean, I know it's, that's kind of how a lot of people are, but especially somebody who's on the road nonstop. Um, has it, has it been a big adjustment period for you? Um, you know, the last several years I've been at home more than a lot of people get to be at home. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really nice in a lot of ways just to be here and do catch up on things and take a breather that way. But yeah, we're used to going and doing stuff and, um, traveling. And so we're getting to kind of missing that part of it. But you do, like, as you said, with uh, being there on the ranch, you do get, you do have the facilities and the the time to continue to work with the horses. I mean, have you made any adjustments into the training program or are you just trying to keep them fit? You know, my day-to-day, like, home activities aren't much different than they were before. You know, we just are still riding. We're still here every day doing what we do. So that's not hasn't changed a lot for me but um yeah it's just pretty much the traveling that's different i hear you there and as somebody with two young kids myself um like as you as do as well i've kind of i feel like i've gotten to the bottom of the of the toy chest in terms of things to do to keep <laughs> them busy but I, I you know you have you have a ranch there there's, there's plenty to do but um what, what have you been doing in terms of keeping keeping your kids um Uh, healthy happy and and entertained um well you know it is different because we are doing school from home now and so that's something I haven't really done before and um you know so there's definitely a lot of learning going on on both ends what's (laughs) you have your your roping background might come in handy in terms of keeping yeah. them in line, so <laughs> wrangling I mean, is, those kids. Is there is there what's what what's your best uh, subject as a teacher now? I mean, I know you're used to training horses, but as a teacher, what's your most comfortable subject when you're when you're teaching your kids things? Um, you know, I am not a professional teacher. I so I really feel for those teachers having having to do it all day long every day with multiple kids. Um, because I struggle with just one in school, but I figure if we read a lot and I just, um, explain things while we're reading, it's kind of the, my best, my best teaching skill at this point. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with the free range teaching and parenting at this point, you know, I mean, just keeping them busy and, and keep getting them outside. I mean, it's, 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 it's really as good as anything you're going to get in school, in my opinion. For sure. And we have the place here that they can be outside a lot. You know, they're not locked in a city apartment by any means. Right. And so we, we feel really lucky that way. 
And then they're I guess, out and about. Exactly. And then I guess the other big thing people are doing now, I mean, are you, are you, do you cook or is that your husband who does most of that? You know, it's pretty, we both do a lot of cooking. Um, but you know, when we're home, we do of course, but, um, yeah, it's been nice. You know, the husband, he hasn't been working. And so he's been home a lot more to do a lot more mm-hmm. honeydews around sure. the house. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's been good. And yeah, we cook, we cook a lot anyway, but, um, definitely eating a lot more comfort food right now. <laughs> I understand that. Um, and so going back to the horses just for a little bit, um, I know, I know since they're not doing any, uh, actual competitions, um, have you changed how you kind of go from day to day? I mean, are you just doing the same runs since there's no competitions and travel, you know, there's a little more, there's not as much, um, need to kind of give them a, a break here and there. So, I mean, are you just kind of doing a little by little, or are you really just trying to stay on the exact same regimen as, as if you were continuing to compete? No, you know, it's changed a bit. You know, you always change whenever you come home as opposed to driving and traveling. Um, so they are, they're still getting road and exercise like normal and like we were going to run somewhere. But, you know, we're just trying to focus on their health right now since we have some time to to um, regroup and be home and kind of give them that break for health reasons. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think you, you, you kind of have a good attitude in terms of trying to make them op- the best of an opportunity here. Like you said, to, to kind of reconnect and spend more time with your family and also let the, give the horses a little time off. Um, yeah. But to heal. So, but let's assume things kind of get back on track in the summer. I hate to assume, but um, you're still, as you said, you, you're still planning to, take sister as far as she'll go and she hasn't seemed to want to slow down yet and then bring the younger horse along and and see where that goes yeah we I mean whenever they start back up we'll be ready and so we're just kind of going with the flow at this point um I hope there are some rodeos this year to go to I you know nobody knows really and so we're just gonna try to be ready whenever that happens so you're taking a two a two horse trailer around this this time, right? Yeah, we we'll have two horses in the trailer the whole time, and um, hopefully, you know, we'll just have to play it by ear. But hopefully, sister can can keep going all summer, and then we'll have a good backup if she if she can't for some reason. So sure, and I mean, our vets and farriers in the in your neck of the woods are they still making the rounds or has that are you are you kind of having to um, put that off too um no they're still working i as far as i know they um you're, you know they're in a pretty good profession they're out in the open air and um you know i think you can social distance pretty well with those two sure absolutely professions and so as far as I know, they're still kind of going pretty much as normal. Great. Well, Nellie, I really appreciate your time and I hope you and your family, um, continued health and, uh, we'll, we'll try to connect here. Um, hopefully we have something to talk about, uh, in terms of competition, um, here soon, but, um, really appreciate your time and all best. Thank you. Thanks for calling. You're very welcome. Take care. 
All right, bye.